Bwana asifiwe. I'm happy to be back. The series have been leadership and governance. And we've had several days when we've had this sharing and discussion that we continue today. Today I would like us to base our reflections on Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, which I ask that it is screened as I said earlier so that we read it together uh, so that as we reflect. If you look keenly at discussions around political matters, it's actually trying to cut through the maze of lies and mischief. And Philippians 4.8 is very inspiring for a Christian. You wish many politicians would commit to it. Uh, so let's go ahead and read it. Why don't you stand so that you feel nice? <laughs> Just read it. Finally, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Thank you. Keep that word. You may sit in your mind as we, as we carry on in this service. Last Sunday, I focused on four things that I wish to highlight a little so that you refresh your mind. Because the series is on the political season that we are in, where we have elections, and there is a huge amount of lethargy in the air, we shared on the fact that it is a privilege for us as Christians, being citizens of this country, to have opportunity to vote. And I said, the Christians of the early church, that is recorded mostly in uh, the New Testament, they had no such privilege. And even today, there are Christians in some jurisdictions where they're supposed to be seen and not to be heard, and they cannot choose leaders. And those who went before us and didn't have such opportunity, and those in the world today who are Christians that don't have such opportunity, would think it is very wasteful and reckless for you to have opportunity to choose leaders and not do so. We also spoke about the principles of engagement. And remember I said uh, last week that uh, there are Christians who delight when they find a matter that they have interest in is a matter where God hasn't put a very specific word in the Bible. And they delight in the fact that because there is no express instruction, they have liberty to do what they like. But I try to argue that from what God has said in his word expressly and extensively, even if he hasn't said something specific about a matter that you have interest in, you can find wisdom and guidance from God's word for any matter in the world that can affect you as a Christian. And it is mischievous to try and scout for where in the Bible you will find things that are not said that are of interest to you. 
Then we examined the key qualities to look for in the people that we choose in the elections that are coming. Basically saying, as Christians, we don't even have liberty to do what we like. The Bible does give guidance on the principles we should follow when we carry out that duty sincerely and meaningfully. And I tried to relate the call to leadership that the 16,000 candidates are responding to, the job that is there to be done, the skills that are required in it, and competencies, because not everybody can do it. And you recall that I said, your bishop now is in the house, but in his absence, then I said, we are not looking for a bishop to be president or governor. There are no vacancies of bishops. We are looking for a person who can do the job. If he can be a Christian like you and I, love Jesus as sincerely as we do, have the competencies required for the job, you want to give such person a chance. In the absence of such a person, then you look at the candidates who are there and look at who most approximately meets your requirements. And I said that the criteria for the election of president and governor should be taken very seriously because the power that those two wield in the jurisdictions they are given is such that they are capable of making your life much better but also making your life very miserable. You don't want to give such power casually to people to discover later whether they will deliver or they will not. But we spent significant time talking about prayer, the call to prayer. Asking that the country is bathed in prayer this time as we go to the elections. And you know, I profiled the importance and the role of intercessors who just commit the church, the country, our people, our systems to God in prayer. Quietly, without much glamour and fanfare in the church. But I wrapped up that bit about prayer with the need to be thankful. Because God has been so gracious to us. And I thank God for that hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Kenyans are ultra glamorous. They complain about anything and everything. And our politicians are equally grumblers. Until sometimes who will ask them, see, we were chosen to come and solve people's problems. Now, if, if you spend all your time grumbling and complaining about me, when will you solve the problems? And Dr. Fathi can recall, maybe he has forgotten, in our days, there were opposition fellows who saw nothing good in uh, government. One day, Moi chose a character who came from Butere, I think, to be an assistant minister. He couldn't cope. Because he is in government to execute government agenda and solve problems, but instead he is still finding things to complain about. And so he had to be fired. Honestly, if you examine this country, there is more to thank God for than to complain. 
Even that you can sit here to worship. You thank God for that. Some of you have jobs. And many Kenyans have lost their jobs. Especially on account of COVID-19. You are here. This country has bad politicians, but it has held together. We are one of the few African countries that never had a coup. Somehow we went through the worst, but in every turn, somehow things turned out better. And many African nationalities, when they pass through Nairobi and they hear us complaining, they are in shock. They are asking, do you want to go to heaven? <laughs> because things here are so much better compared with where they come from. And now we've begun to tease the first world in some ways. This is a great country. On a balance, even if our leaders have led treacherous paths, overall, they have held the country together. And prospered this nation. I know some of you dream of a miracle that will happen one day. You just wake up and everything is great. <laughs> Nations tend to progress slowly by small gains and small leaps. But accumulated over a long time, the potential is phenomenal. So when our leaders hold the country together and we don't go under and create the opportunity for us to keep making those incremental gains, our children and our grandchildren and your grandchildren, because most of you are younger, will find a better country. Thank God for Kenya. Thank God for our leaders. Thank God for the graces we enjoy. Do not put yourself lumped together with the grumblers who virtually grumble fast and then ask, by the way, what is it we were complaining about? <laughs> now, the most graphic thing was the 2007-2008 post-election violence. I was three months uh, in post at NCCK. It was my baptism through fire. We all knew the election was tense and there was possibility for violence but the violence that we saw beat all imaginations. For once, the security forces were either overwhelmed or complacent as is suspected. And in that election, violence was treated as a political weapon. A notice was given way ahead of the elections. Nobody took the politicians that seriously. It seemed like at some point the president had lost it. The politicians had lost it. It took God to come in and intervene and turn away the tide of destruction and violence and homicide and every evil you can imagine for the country to hold together. And it was a surprise that actually, within one parliamentary term, the country was back on its feet. And I keep thinking, if we didn't have the post-election violence, all our indicators in every respect would have been different. 
Because Kebake had raised this country from uh, almost minus GDP to going to 7% GDP. And then we burnt it. No politician can take credit for turning that tide. It took God. And this God who we serve is a magnificent God. In our lowest moments, he comes and delivers us. And that's a reason for us to be thankful. Today we look at making a choice. No matter your misgivings about the options available. A day comes in your life and journey when it is imperative for you to make a choice but the options available are not inspiring and encouraging. That is how elections in Kenya and virtually all over the world are like. When citizens examine the political landscape keenly they find enough reason for despondency. And a few don't make choices. But I think it is a Christian calling to make a choice. Even when we don't like the options that are available. Just a brief layout of uh, what we are facing in the next two days. We shall go to a national election. And each of the 52 million Kenyans exercising their rights. And the 23 million Kenyans who have registered as voters will have opportunity to get into a booth and be given ballot papers and mark them. And in marking them, you are choosing leaders for Kenya. You will choose between four fellows who want to be president and they have all wonderful running mates, apparently, who are all women. Women have really... Uh, come along in this country. <laughs> and we shall choose 290 MPs who will be added to 47 women reps and 12 nominated MPs to make a, that 349 strong national assembly. Now those are the guys who oversight the government. They're the guys who pass the budget. They're the ones who check the reports on corruption and so on. They're the ones who approve appointments of key officers of state who are not elected but who ought to meet the threshold of chapter 6 and demonstrate competence to support us. So every day parliament is in session, very big things are happening. And every time you have stupid characters around there who don't know their left hand from their left, right hand from their left hand, the danger is great national interests may be compromised. And then you have 68 senators that will oversight the county governments, uh, protect devolution. Again, a very significant role they have there. But you'll have also an MCA to represent your ward at the county assembly. Now, a lot of Kenyans think MCAs are glorified councillors. Those are the ones we used to have before. MCAs are not councillors. 
MCAs are members of the county assemblies. And in there they make laws that are specific to their counties and which are not in conflict with the constitution and the natural and the laws of the land. But they also oversight the county governments. How governors and their executives are running the affairs of the county government and how they are utilizing the resources, very substantial resources that are turned over to the counties by the national government in keeping with the constitution and the law. And even if the president doesn't like a county, they are protected to get their share according to a formula that is uh, provided by the CRA. Now the complaints that you hear in the counties is that there is a lot of waste of resources. There is a lot of theft of resources. There is clear misallocation of resources. One of the shameful things in our dispensation is that whereas Kenyans are eager to get services provided, over 90% of county governments do not absorb the development funds that are provided. And fellows are so busy eating and drinking and stealing, the money that is provided for roads is not done. Is not used. The money provided for markets is not, is not utilized. End of the year, they carry forward money for development and carry forward pending bills for bills that were incurred for processes that may not have been absolutely inspiring. So when you get into that booth to choose an MCA, you are not doing a small thing. In fact, the days are over when you scouted for everyone. Pastor, in this church, maybe you should be inspired to say, because Kakiti ka MCA, kule chini. Sio kagumu sana kupata, mutu wakiamua. Wegi wawa wachukue hiyo. After all, the salaries they earn are better than the salaries most of you are earning. So things will change when you choose people of integrity, competence, education, and skills to go in and play that role. Then you choose a governor, who I've already described, so I don't want to spend time on describing the governor. You choose a bad character at your own costs. But in this election, we are up against great lethargy and indifference by many Kenyans. And maybe now more than ever before, you find great confessions by people who say, Mimi sita chaguana. There's no point. And sadly, a number of them are Christians. The Lord has so blessed this country. We've actually achieved so many political milestones. It is so easy to take for granted these opportunities and privileges that we have. And that lethargy and indifference will destroy the country. Because 
Globally it is established. When responsible people become indifferent to processes like those, thus and Satan don't become indifferent. They actually take advantage and fill the gap you leave to produce characters in leadership who will not help the community and you pay the bills, both by loss of services, but also because you pay taxes if you work. Now, what are the reasons for the indifference and lethargy that we find? One of them is the complaint that there are too many parties, even independent candidates, they are creating confusion. When I look at the landscape, I don't even know how to make a decision. Now, before you complain about that, first you should celebrate and thank God. Elder and I grew up at a time when, in the height of carnal days, there was only one party. You had to be nominated by that party. Even when you are in parliament, you are subject to the colonel chairman in your district or county, and you could be removed. The colonel disciplinary committee was more powerful <laughs> than the courts. And for us to get here, people lost their lives. Some carry wounds because they were maimed. They were brutalized. People like Matiba, Jaramogi, Robia, and others mobilized and agitated for the removal of Section 2A so that anybody who wants to form a party can form. Anybody who wants to campaign through a party can campaign. And a person who is outmaneuvered by the parties, the wisdom of the new constitution can run as an independent candidate. Your task is not to determine how many candidates there will be. That is constitutional and a great thing for which you should be thankful. Your task is to evaluate the characters that show up and determine who you prefer for each job and for each task. So that is not a reason for indifference. It's a reason for engagement. Now, David, this, this guy of the, the, the hub, <laughs> how much entertainment has he given Kenyans? <laughs> Can you imagine an, uh, this election if he didn't run? There was sufficient grave and grim things to give us stress. And every time he came, he said things that uh, <laughs> inspired. A madman can come and say he wants to run if he fulfills the criteria of the IBC. Your task is to say, this is the one that, that I think is suitable for that job. And you know, elections in the Kano days were not inspiring at all. There was so much micromanagement by Baba and his gang. When you voted, you didn't think it made a difference. Now, it makes a real difference. Then, a number of people claim to be uninspired to vote because there is too much propaganda. I was telling the other service that politicians are not Sunday school teachers. 
It is wrong for you to assume you can tell them the tools they use. I think I told you at the service before, one of our Anglican bishops decided to run for MP. Bishop Charles, you know the Lord can just inspire you. <laughs> so this character got the nomination. But his competitors were very angry. And they were calling the Archbishop and telling him, Archbishop, save us from this bishop. Archbishop asks why he says, you know in politics, we commit so many sins. If this guy, instead of being a bishop to pray for us, runs, first he will commit many sins. And we shall commit it, make him commit many sins. Then, who will be praying for us? <laughs> Let politicians be. Sobriety and sanity will not be improved in Kenya because the politicians have grown up. It will be improved because politicians realize however much propaganda they pass, however much money they use to bribe voters, however, whatever games they try to play with us, we still look at them soberly and keenly with a laser beam and determine who is telling the truth and who is lying, who is competent for the job and who is not. And when votes are counted, they begin to realize, I, integrity matters. Do you know, nobody else will change this country. Nobody else will make politicians grow up, except Christians who vote on account of the divine imperative from heaven, rather than the stomach or those other things that politicians do. But some of the lethargy and indifference is created by personal problems that we go through. And most of us have enough problems. Some of the problems that the country has been through come from global processes that we have no control over. Some of them come out of corruption and ineptitude in government, both at the county and the national level in the delivery of services and the corruption and theft that is there. That is why we hold elections. Because every five years, you can examine the characters who have been in leadership and determine you are not pleased by the way they have applied themselves to the national responsibilities they have and you change them. So now, if the ineffectiveness is a reason for you not to vote, you'll have them next season. The fact that you're not happy is the reason to vote. To check them out and put in those who you like. But there are many people who have many problems that are not a result of political players, but a result of their own challenges. Sasa mimi 
And then recently, one of the other hilarious politicians who is running for president was complaining before a guy who is now his friend was his friend. And I said, Hata mtu akipigwa na bibi yake, bado ni fulani amekosea. Sasa mimi nilikuweka. Now, it is good to assign responsibility appropriately. Some people are in trouble because they have made genuine errors in life. They have made genuine mistakes in life that are following them and holding them down. And those mistakes are resulting in consequences and outcomes that are unsatisfactory in their lives. And some people have made failures in their life plans and activities. Others have demonstrated ineptitude, which is lack of competence to execute the things in your hands that you have chosen. Others are careless, others are, others are lazy and lethargic, and very many waste opportunities that God has put in their hands. My friends, you know where your problems emanate from those issues, elections will not produce a desirable outcome. We shall have candidates chosen. They will take up the responsibilities they are given. Life will continue. Whatever the outcomes politically, you will be left wrestling and grappling with your issues and not getting them solved. I think too many Kenyans are not acknowledging this. Too many Kenyans are assigning responsibility for problems in their lives that genuinely don't come from where they are pointing. Their problems are coming from where they should point accurately, which is inwards. And as we choose people at this election, I invite you to call a meeting of yourself and your wife and your children and ask where we are. What is the contribution of politicians as we go to the elections? And where is it our own contributions? And one of the misfortunes in Kenyan families is blame passing. If you ask the average wife, she will tell you we will be doing very well. Our challenge is my husband. <laughs> now your husband may be a challenge, but we hope that uh, you found him or he found you, and nobody chose them for you. This is not the time to find out whether he's a good man or a bad man. That was before you married. When you are married, you are stuck together. Oh, it's my wife who is a challenge. If you check the landscape of manifestos, what Raila and Ruto and Awajakoya and Mwaure did was to try and understand what are the problems in Kenya. First, can I be able to define them? 
in a manner that is convincing to Kenyans that I understand them. Then when I have understood them, what are my proposals on how they may be solved? And are my proposals robust enough to convince Kenyans to give me an opportunity to execute those proposals so that outcomes are achieved? The men in the room, my revelation in the recent past is that men must learn how to continue playing the guitar for their wives. <laughs> Finding a way to cause their wives to know how much they love them. How much they care for them. How much they are committed to them. Wives must do the same. You must even include children if they are the age of reason. And ask, our family problems, where do they come from? <laughs> and enumerate them and own them and accept responsibility. The aspirations of our families what are they? And enumerate them as well. And then sit down and do a family manifesto <laughs> that defines your challenges and provides proposals on how they will be solved. And assign responsibilities between all the parties in the family on what role everybody will pray to make your family better. And so by the time the results are announced, Pastor, I wish you can ask the Christians in your church not to read aloud, but to show you a sheet of paper that is a family manifesto which they have written about how they will navigate the next five years. Pinning down the challenges and the problems properly and taking responsibility because we have power to change things in that corner, in that arena. Most families, if they took time to sit and genuinely evaluate their circumstances and create a manifesto and call a rigged election. I say rigged election because even if the wife was failing, she has passed. <laughs> even if the husband had a problem, he has also kuna mahali ya kupeleka watoto. Hata kama wako na shida Wakondani, Dani, Dani, with a manifesto to get out of the unsatisfactory situations we are in. Then when government is formed by the person who wins, and I'm keen to hear what will be coming in the debate, you can also restructure your own government at home. You can commit to a process for the next five years and say, when we evaluate the government of the person who passes 
at this election, we shall also evaluate the performance of the government that we have here locally because we have control over that and there are outcomes we desire and we shall work very hard to make them to come to pass. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, 16 to 18, NLT, not NIV, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason for the elections is that both at the national and the county levels, we may choose leaders who will preside over the affairs of this country, on account of which the nation will prosper, but even more importantly, we can have the peace that we need as a nation and a safe environment for the 50 million Kenyans to each dream and pursue their dreams without interference from the state so that they can realize their aspirations and hopefully realize their destinies. Now if that is the reason for the election, you can see why you need the family manifesto. Because we'd be saying, perchance, if we have a peaceful election, which we pray for, and we choose responsible people who are not mad people to preside over government and the affairs of Kenya, and if they secure the country and ensure there is peace and prosperity for all, in that mix, this manifesto is the one we shall be pursuing. And in five years, will come and check. Then you seize the opportunity that is created. There are some marriages that would heal, that are sick. If people are willing to genuinely sit and talk and examine their issues. There is lack in families that can be overcome. If they are willing to examine exactly where their financial challenges come from. There are families that would set up enterprises if they took advantage of these opportunities. And in five years you check and ask, how are we doing? And so, James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. And because the elections are on Tuesday, with all the efforts we have made to communicate the principles and the importance of engagement, this is time for action. Pastor was not trying to create theoreticians who understand national elections and processes very well to go and teach at the university. <laughs> Pastor was working hard with Bishop to try and bring us to the point where we can understand what is happening on Tuesday. And James says, you deceive yourself if you just hear and do nothing 
about it. When I tried to test my voter details on the app that was given, when I tried, it failed. He said, there is a problem. You go to your constituency office and check. You know what I did? I took my wife and we drove to Moranga to the constituency office and checked to certify that when Tuesday comes, there will be no stories. <laughs> I'll be able to vote <laughs> like other Kenyans. So organize to be at your polling station and center on Tuesday. That is your national duty and call an agenda as a Christian who is patriotic and obedient to the word of God and obedient to the teachings of your pastors and your bishop. You'll create a landscape for the next five years that is good for you and for all of us. A few practical details. Get there early and vote. Don't try to be the one to be fighting to be allowed at 6 o'clock in the evening to vote because you did other things in the day. You have waited for five years for this day to come. It has come. What is it you are doing in the day that cannot wait so that you first vote and go on to other things? Number two, when you vote, go back home. <laughs> the emotions around election days are such that even fire that was not meant for you can come to you as other people do their things. Like you know, the police enjoy very much to have tear gas and to carry rungus and helmets and to disperse people that are gathering who are trying to foment trouble. Now you are caught up there, unapigwa rungu, and you had no complaints. So vote and go back home. When you drive, as some of you will, drive safely and possibly during the day and go back home. I don't know the madness that hits people around such national things. You find people driving very recklessly and killing themselves and killing other people. But if you drive during the day when you can see, you are actually safe. Myself, without elections, I try to get home before it is dark. To be counted together with the chickens. <laughs> Even if you are not like me, for that one day, go back home early. Then after the elections, you can be going home when you like. When I'm given a chance, I'll tell you why I am counted with the chicken. Review the security measures around yourself and your home. People become inclined to crime around that time. And there are people who lose things. Secure them. Even, see, there are people here, Pastor, who have security guards. 
who ran that service. You can even get a security guard for that day to guard your home and your valuables so that nobody comes to take what belongs to you. Then continue in prayer. The outcomes of these elections will be a combination of Kenyan citizens exercising their rights and their duty, but also God intervening and carrying out his divine purposes. And his hand is brought in by prayer. This will be a slow week generally. So unless you don't want to, you can actually write and sharpen your manifesto. So that by the time Friday and Saturday comes, your manifesto is ready. You can use the time when people are quiet for that. So that in the next five years, you are evaluating your own family and you are evaluating the government that we put in place. Thank you so much for being so kind as to have me these Sundays to come and preach to you. You can see how much I enjoy it. <laughs> I will ask the sound people to give us Psalms 146 in the NIV, which we shall stand and read together. And when we read it, we shall be done. The reason for that is going to be if we are going to be peaceful in this coming week, if you are going to go through an election and not have the anxiety that accompanies these processes, if you are going to be exposed as we shall be, but have assurance that all will be well with us and our families and with Kenya, it can only be inspired by an understanding of the God we worship and the God we serve. That's why I want us to leave it out um, as we read it together. Praise the Lord! I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirits they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. That last verse, that last verse, just bring it back. The Lord just hold, just hold. The Lord, the Lord reigns forever. He sits on the throne to rule. 
all the affairs of men are subject to his pleasure and he cannot be removed from there by anyone. That's why you can have peace. The Lord in heaven reigns. He reigns over Wajakoyo. He reigns over Mwaure. He reigns over Ruto. He reigns over Raira. He reigns over Kenyatta. He reigns over IBC. He reigns over the police. Nothing can touch you unless he allows. He reigns forever. Your God, O Zion. Not for a day. Not for two. Not for a year. Not for five years. But for all generations. That is your God. That is my God. Inspire peace and confidence. Because the Lord reigns.